0: Take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of James, chapter number 1, James chapter number 1, and uh, tonight, um, Lord willing, we'll finish the first chapter here and uh, kind of move, move a little bit further into this series or into this, the book of James. And tonight we're going to be reading verse 22 down through the end of the chapter, verse 27. And if you don't mind, let's bow our heads and just pray. Ask the Lord to meet with us again tonight. Father, we do love you. God, we thank you, Lord, that that it is well. Lord, just a couple weeks ago, we dealt with the testings of our faith. And Lord, in those testings, when it seems as though uh it, it, honestly, it seems as though sometimes we're all alone. I'm glad that uh, now on this side of it, we can say, it is well with my soul. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even in those temptations, once we are able to overcome those and and trust in you to get us through those things, I'm glad that we can say that it is well with my soul. And Father, I pray tonight, if there's someone that needs a fresh touch from you, I pray that this would be the place that they get it. I pray that this would be the night that they get it. Lord, we ask You that You'd help us. Lord, I pray. been praying all this week. Lord, You'd prepare our hearts for this uh, meeting tonight. And we ask that You would move amongst us. We thank You for the good congregation singing. Thank You for Miss Kim coming and singing her heart tonight. God, we praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's start reading in James chapter number 1, verse number 22. But be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves, Uh, he says in verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was." But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth him his own heart, this man's religion is vain, pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father is this, "...to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world." Now, as we are in this series in the book of James, just hopefully quickly tonight, we'll give you just a, a recap of what we've learned so far. And I, I do cover your prayers in this. There's, I was told the to men last night, there's some things in the book of Romans and even here that I fully understand, but to try to to put those into words to help somebody else, sometimes it is a struggle. And so James, so far, he has warned us about Certain testing. What I mean by that is not a specific testing, but I mean sure testing. We are all going to be tested, and uh, that will prove our faith. In that, he instructed us to count it all joy in verse number 2. And I I, I don't have it right here in front of me, but I remember the quote that I gave you from A.T. Robertson. He says, "...count it once and for all joy." And so I want to reiterate that tonight, I believe early on in our spiritual maturity... If we will learn to count the testings of God as joy, then as we get older and mature, which is where we all need to be, then every time we come to a testing, instead of it being, oh, me, what am I going to do? It's, oh, Lord, what are you fixing to do? And so it becomes a, 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 an issue of joy and rejoicing. He tells us to seek in verse number five, I believe it is. He says, seek wisdom. In verse number six, he says, seek wisdom in faith and then not waver in that. He tells us that we can endure these tests from God, and then uh, last week we dealt with the fact that He warns us of impending doom that comes from temptation or or falling into this temptation. But I'm glad verse 16 is in the book. It says, "Do not err, my beloved brethren." I'm glad that James warned us of of that doom to come. You remember that he talked about temptation. He talked about lust of the flesh. He talked about all of that, and he ended it with, "It's, it's going to result in." death but he says you my brethren do not err and then I'm glad that he gives us a reason that we can hold on to the right and that's what that word error means he says don't fall away from the right uh stay with the stuff stay with the the truth and so he admonishes us by saying do not err then he gives reason to not lay apart those things and and he says that God is the light he is the father of lights in him there's no shadow of turning he says that he has given the, us the Word of God as a guide. And now here we find in the reading from verse 22 down to verse 27, we find that James gives us a two-fold lesson on obedience and on service. And uh, in this, I, I begin to read, I pulled a book out of my library back here from William Barclay, and he says, um, James does well to remind us that what is heard in the holy place must be lived in the marketplace, or there is no point in hearing at all. And so I'll just kind of... Um, uh... Preface the the message by by reiterating what William Barclay says. If all you're doing is hearing it from this pulpit or from your Sunday school class or or whatever it may be, if all you're doing is hearing it and you're not going out there and living it, uh, then it's doing you absolutely no good at all. And so tonight I'll I'll give you this thought, and we'll try to go to the house. Um, the vanity of religion. The vanity of religion. And again, we're in verse number 22, and we'll go quickly tonight, but I want us to see, first of all, the contrast of hearing and doing. The contrast of hearing and doing. And we get this from verse number 22 down through verse number 25, really. Uh, But again, he says, be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. And so there is a contrast in this, and in hearing only is deceiving one wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y. If you are hearing only tonight, then you are deceiving yourself as a Whole, Uh, you are not getting what you need. You are you are quite literally you are remaining in on the milk, and you're not wanting to grow. All you're doing is you're whining, you're crying, you're saying, "Give me milk, give me milk, give me milk." All you're doing is hearing it, you're taking it in, but you're not allowing yourself the truth from God to live in and through you. And so, this word "deceive" here it means to delude or to lead away from the truth. And you, in other words, you have heard the truth of God's Word, but by not heeding it or by not doing it, you're making your own way. You're saying, I know what God's Word says, but I'm going to do my own thing. I hear what you're saying, preacher, but I'm going to ignore you. That's what this is. It is leading away from the truth. Uh, So we see that hearing is deceiving wholly, but we also see that doing is obeying. And following God, uh, doing is, def- or, or, or rather, um, let me doers here. The word in our text in verse 22, it is defined by this. It means to produce. And so, if I can put that in some of our terms today, we know what produce means. But this means if we're going to hear the word, we also need to be a product of God's word. If we're going to hear the work, then we need to, we need to be the product. We need to be the, the evidence of God's word needs to be in our lives. I mentioned the other day and not to beat a dead horse or anything, but, uh, it's not the t-shirt that we wear. It's not the, the jewelry that we wear that declares that we are a Christian. It should be what is on the inside coming out of us on the outside that declares that we are a Christian. And so again, um, uh, Warren Weersby he says too many Christians mark their Bibles but their Bibles never mark them and what a shame that is I know Braylon and Ashlyn both I think they both have a uh, a journaling Bible Do you have one honey or maybe I don't know uh, I know Ashlyn has one maybe some of you others may have a journaling Bible There's nothing wrong with it I'm not getting onto you for writing in your Bible I. I, I... I can't even read half the verses in here, because I've wrote all over them. Uh, but uh, we will mark our Bibles, and, and these journaling Bibles, you can you can draw pictures, and they make spaces for that. And there's whole whole uh, uh, social media craze about journaling Bible, and again, I have nothing wrong with it. But if all you're doing is marking in your Bible, and it's never leaving a mark on you, then you've missed the entire point of God's Word. I want us to see number two tonight, the consideration of hearing and doing. Let's look back at our text. It says, Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if you be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like uh, unto a a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So we see number two, the consideration of hearing and doing. And we see first under this, the hearer sees himself. Now you have to understand here, this is, I don't know that this is important, just to give you a little bit of fact, this is not a mirror like you would walk up to that has the chemical on the back that reflects, but this is a highly polished piece of metal here and it's called a looking glass and uh, it resembles maybe uh, to them it would remember maybe a steel lake or a steel bowl of water that they could see themselves in and so it's it's considered a looking glass and this hearer, uh, he is seeing himself in this looking glass, Uh, he sees his shortcomings, we're talking about the word of God, he sees his shortcomings he sees his flaws he understands that all of these things that are being shown to him need to be corrected but then he turns away and refuses correction. Notice what the Bible says here at the end of verse 23, beholding his natural face in a glass, but listen to verse 24 for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Uh, In other words, tonight I don't have enough hair to really worry about, Uh, but if some of you men or some of you ladies went to the uh, mirror this afternoon before you got ready to come to church and you had hair going every which way, and I mean it, you can tell you needed to take a shower uh, You, uh, there 's something but i don 't I mean, listen i 'm trying my best i 'm trying my best not to run rabbits and just in case you want to know that rabbit was entitled dry shampoo. Uh, you ladies know what I'm talking about, some of you men don't even know. Uh but that's beside the point. But some of y'all have looked in the mirror and you see your your hair out of place and you see maybe your ties crooked and and something is not right and it needs to be corrected. Here's here you got a choice. You can stay there at that mirror. Until your hair is laid right, until your hair is fixed right, till your beard's combed right, till your beard's shaved right, and your face is shaved right, until your tie is, uh, is straight, your shirt is on right, your collar's down, everything is looking right, and then you can go out into the world, or you can go around and you can look, uh, look the fool. Everything's wrong. You, you're, you're not looking right. You're not impressing anybody. Uh, your hair's all a mess. Everything looks just wrong, out of place. And what what's happening here is. you're making a choice whether you want to obey and fix or correct what the mirror is telling you is wrong in your life or you want to do it your own way. And James is saying there's some of you now he's not talking to the lighthouse I'm talking to lighthouse. He's talking to these people that are scattered abroad and he's telling them listen your spiritual maturity is dependent on whether or not you're going to look in God's word and let it tell you what's wrong and whether you fix it or not is whether or not you're going to be mature or remain immature. And there's too many people today that are calling themselves Christians that are remaining, they are remaining immature because they are not remaining in the Word of God the way they should. They are looking into the glass, they are seeing the problem, but they are going their own way, and the Bible says they are forgetting. They forgetteth, uh, and this word forgetteth, it means to lose out of the mind or, or to neglect. There's some folks, there's some folks that forget on purpose. Come on. They forget on purpose. I'm thankful that God forgets on purpose. God chooses not to remember our sins. But that's not what we're talking about. We can go ahead and shout on that. Amen. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that God's revealed some wrong in your life and you are choosing not to remember what He said about it. What you're doing is you're neglecting God's Word. You're neglecting God's Word. And so what you are is a hearer instead of a doer. So the consideration of the hearing and the doing. The hearer sees himself, but the doer also sees himself. The doer sees the the same shortcomings as the hearer. The doer sees the same flaws, maybe even more. But he continues. He stays there until he gets everything right. He stays there. He may even call out to God like the psalmist did in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me and know my ways, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It could be that the reason that there are some, uh, you, you look at somebody and you say, man, I wish I could be like them. I wonder, Brother Jody, if it could be uh, the reason that they are in such a, a spiritual plane uh, that is completely opposite of others is because they have said, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way and lead me in the way everlasting. And when God searched them and God tried them and God showed them what was wrong, they said, okay, cleanse me, wash me, make me whiter than snow. That could be the difference between a baby Christian and a mature Christian. Could be. So the doer sees himself as well, but he finds a way. He finds a word so that he can be corrected. When when I did have hair that could be combed, combed. Miss Irene, I couldn't comb it until it was long enough. Otherwise, it just... And even when it was long enough... I couldn't just take a comb and comb it over because it wouldn't stay. Male red hair is a uh, conundrum. I don't know how women red hair is, but male red hair is a conundrum. All my life, my my barber said, you got a cowlick back here. To this day, I don't know what a cowlick is, but somewhere along the line, one licked me and it stayed. But I can't just go grab a comb. My girls, they have these big combs that has these teeth on them that are like that. And I'm thinking, what are you going to do with that? It do not make any sense. Scrambled eggs with it, I guess. I don't know. I can't get one of those and, and use it. Just because you read a scripture, it can be applied to your life. But that may not be the scripture that you need to cleanse you at the moment. You may need, when you're crying, search me, O oh God, you may need to be searching His Word. You may need to be digging down in God's Word. He says, seek while what? He may be found. You might, when God tells you, hey, there's an issue, you might want to start digging until you find the solution. Until you find an answer. He sees a need In others. We can't, we can't neglect this fact that, that it ends with, with pure religion and helping others. A doer not only sees an issue with himself, but he sees a need in others. I'm not saying he sees the problem in others. I'm saying he sees the need in others. If tonight, if tonight all you see is problems with everybody else, chances are you have got a problem yourself. If all you're doing is pointing out other people's problems and you're never looking in the mirror to find out your problems, then you've got a problem. So this doer, he not only sees himself, he stays with the Lord, he stays in the Word until he gets it right, but he also is observing the needs of others and he helps We'll come back to that. Number three tonight, I want us to notice the comprehension of the hearing, of hearing and doing. So we see a result of being a hearer is only religion. I've said this early on in ministry, and I'll say this until I die. Religion is taken and has taken a lot of people to hell. Religion has taken a lot of people to hell. And it is today. There's a lot of people that are claiming religion, but they don't, they don't have anything in here. They are, they are doing good. They are, y'all hearing me? They are doing some good things. But the question tonight is, is the Word of God dwelling in them? And they doing it for Him? This is, this is kind of where I told you it gets a little confusing here. Because if you're not careful, you'll go over to Matthew and Mark and you'll see the question, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? They were doers. But Jesus said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. So there there, there are some that are doing. You, you look around our town and there are, there are groups of men and there are groups of women that do good. I can't speak to their spiritual at all. I, I, I just can't. I, I don't know them. I don't know, I don't know their hearts. But what I do know is if you are going to hear the Word of God, you must also do the Word of God. Only you and God knows the intents of your heart. Only you and and God knows your everlasting state. I can I can tell you what it should be. I can tell you if you do certain things what it will be. I can tell you if you don't do certain things what your eternal state will be. But personally, only you and God know whether or not you're saved or lost. But tonight, there is a comprehension about being a hearer and a doer. One is the result of being a hearer only is just religion. That's all it is. It is outward religion. It is self-serving. There is no self-control. There's no spirit leading. William Barclay said they have made religion splendid within the church at the expense of neglecting it outside the church. If you look at some of the, 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 the larger, if I could say it like that, the, the larger religions in the larger denominations in, in the world, you'll find that, that their sanctuaries are ornate. You'll find that their, uh, if I could even, I don't even want to say it like this, but their ministers, um, they are ornate. They, they wear uh, fine linen. They wear just ornate things. But on the inside there's no substance. No substance. The hearers. They have they have religion. We're we're in verse number twenty six and verse twenty seven. He says, If any among you seem to be religious, you seem to be religious, but you bridle not your tongue. But deceiveth him own, his own self, his own heart, and I'll get it right in a minute, this man's religion is vain. So there's a result of being a hearer only, and that's religion. But there's also a realization of being a hearer only, and that is he is deceived. We come back to this word "deceive" that we mentioned earlier uh, that means that you are deluded or you have been led away from the truth. And here we find that this man that is a hearer only, he is deceived. The Bible says it very plainly here. He deceiveth his own heart. And this goes back to something I've said recently. We're blaming the devil and we're blaming God for a lot of things that are going on in our life. But this says you're deceiving your own Heart. There's a lot of folks, they know the Word of God, inside, outside, upside, down, and backwards. And, and they could tell you what's right. Maybe even tell you what's right in their own life. God knows I've been there, and I've known what was right, but I just didn't want to admit it. And I didn't want to... I wanted to be a hearer, Brother Jim. I wanted to say, well, I know what it says, but... What was happening is, is I was deceiving myself. I couldn't point a finger to anybody else. I couldn't point to God. I couldn't point to the devil. I was deceiving my own self. There's a realization. He's, he's deceived. His religion is vain. This, this idea of being vain it means utterly useless, useless, without any substance. There's nothing there. It's empty. He says, if any man, seems to be religious. He says, he bridles, bridleth not his tongue. He deceiveth his own heart. He said, this man's religion is vain. Now, I'm not going to get in the tongue because we're going to be deep in the tongue in a chapter. The language, the words, conversations that we have, those type things can be tied back to the tongue. The intent of our words can be tied back. He says, if you're not bridling that, your religion is vain. But true religion, here it is the word pure. The word pure, it means proven by fire. It has been put to fire. The test. He says pure religion is this. So we see the duty of pure religion. Look with me in verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the father is this. What is it? To visit the fatherless and the widows. So true religion, pure religion, that religion that's been proven, that's been put to the test. It has a duty and it is to visit the fatherless. That's, that's that one that doesn't have a father. You don't have a mother. They are, matter of fact, if you if 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 you just feel like it, I can't pronounce it, but if you feel like it, go back to the Greek. You'll find the the root word of our word orphan right there in the text. Orphan. He has no father. And it says, true religion visits the fatherless. Pure religion. Let me just say that. Pure religion visits the fathers. But then it also says, and and the widows, and the widows in their affliction. Now, I, I want to make this, this very clear tonight, and, and, and I'll say this for anybody. If you're here tonight and you have a need, you have a need, then at least we can pray about it, if not try to help you with it, okay? Whether a widow or not. But, this is James, but Paul had something to say about it in 1 Timothy chapter number 5. He talked about the widows and he called them widows indeed. And here I think we can tie it back together. These are those women that, of course, their husbands are died, have passed away, but their sons, even their nephews are gone. There's no male alive to care for them. Those are widows indeed. And James says, pure religion is not only caring for them, but it says to look out for them in their affliction. wonder what it would be like if, if somebody came to your house and you said, oh, well, there's, there's sister so-and-so in the back room. Oh, is that your mom? No, that's just a widow from church. What do you mean? Well, she's a widow from church. She didn't have anybody else. And, you know, her health was failing, so we moved her into our house. You don't hear about that stuff anymore, do you? Mamas, daughters, sons, fathers they may they may move somebody mamas and daddies into their house when when their health is failing, but very rarely do you see a brother or sister in Christ have someone come into their house and live with them in their later years. You don't see that very often. But he says, pure religion. It says, it visits the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. In other words, you see that that widow, Paul says that widow indeed. You see that they have a need. See to that need. Help them with that need. It could be an illness, a physical affliction. It could be something else. It could be a burden. It could be a burden because they are a widow and their husband is gone. Their sons are gone. Their family is gone and they're all alone. That in and of itself must be a weight that, that only, just, only God can help someone through that. But pure religion. This is not just the church. This is the individuals of the church. Pure religion is to visit that widow and the fatherless in their affliction. You say, well, you know, this is a New Testament teaching, and and it is. But as you'll find as we go through the book of James, you'll find that that James, and, and as far as I can tell, just to remind you, this is the first epistle written. The first epistle that was written is the book of James. And so James was kind of setting a precedent for some things. But James was also very schooled in the Old Testament. And he brings up the law over and over and over again. So if he's dealing with something, Brother Stanley, in the New Testament, could it be that there might be some ties to the Old? Psalm 68, verse 5, A father of the fatherless. And the judge of the widows is God in His holy habitation. He's dealing with, with Christians. He's dealing with believers that are scattered abroad. And He's saying, you are neglecting some things. So can I tell you, as we are scattered abroad here and we live all over the county and other counties, can I tell you, as a church, if we're not careful, we'll neglect some things. We'll neglect hearing the Word of God, we'll neglect doing the Word of God, but we'll also neglect those that need some help in their affliction. Zechariah chapter 7 verse 8 9 and 10 and the word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying thus speaketh the Lord of hosts saying execute true judgment and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother and oppress not the widow nor the fatherless the stranger nor the poor and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart There we go there was Zechariah well about Micah he didn't bring out widows but he says this in Micah chapter 6 verse 8 6, 7, and 8. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? He's talking about religion right here, Samuel. Just listen to this. James is dealing with religion. Micah, too, is dealing with religion. He says, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and by myself before the high God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly? and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 3, chapter 13. Let me just turn over there. He talked about charity over here. And he says, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I have nothing. What did Micah say? He says that we have love. For what? Mercy. We need to be watchful. If we're going to be doers, we have to visit, we have to help, we need to be watchful. It is hard to understand the need of some if you're not going to be watchful. You want to know why I keep bringing up John and Jean? It's not just because I want you to pray for them. It's because I want you to know how to pray for them. It's because I want you to understand that as a church, you need to be calling them. You need to be visiting them. You need to be watchful of them. They've watched over you for all these years. I'm kind of being mean right now just because I'm about hacked off. They've watched over this church. They've watched over this pastor and this pastor. They've watched over several of you all through their lives here at this church. How many of you are watching over them right now? I can tell you, if you really want to know, I can tell you how many of you are watching over them. My guess is you don't want to know, but that can all change tomorrow. You could pick up a phone. You could drive down the road, and you could check on. We need to be watchful. It's hard to it's hard to minister to someone. If you don't watch after them. That's why a shepherd, a pastor, is the overseer. That's why he's watching, he's listening, he's praying, he's he's looking at the needs of his people. I want us to see the development of pure religion. Well, most the development of pure religion. He keeps the doer of the word. Notice this last phrase. Pure religion, none defy before God and the Father is this. To visit the fathers and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. It's interesting that verse 26 says that that religious man deceiveth his own heart. And here it says that man with pure religion, he keep himself unspotted from the world. So I want to give you two things here. Pure religion keeps the doer. The word of God keeps that one that's doing the word in the will of God. He keeps him unspoiled. The scripture here he says unspotted. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 13, it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy." Peter says, if we're going to have this pure religion, then we have a work to do ourselves to be holy. God will make us holy, but there's some things that we need to do as well. We need to lay apart. We need to lay aside. We need to flee. We need to abstain from all appearance of evil. Those are things that we can do. But what we do, if we're not careful, we end up in that immature Christian or end up as an immature Christian and we just coast along. So the word of God will keep the man pure, but the doer himself, this word keep, it means to keep going, continue on, keep hearing, keep doing. I'll say this, you may be ready to quit tonight, but I want to encourage you, if you will, keep going, because someone else in here may be looking at you as their only lifeline. They may be looking at you tonight and say, as long as he, as long as she keeps going, I'll be able to do it. But if you quit, what's that going to do to them? As far as our conclusion, I'm going to give you this and and go... Whether you're tested or whether you're being tempted, there, there's always a need that we hear. But you must be a doer of the Word of God. Your testings or your trying, it is for a purpose. It is, it is to decide or to see, rather, to determine, maybe I'll get the right word, whether or not you're going to do God's Word and do the will of God. That's what those testings are for. The temptations, if you will overcome, those temptations are an indication that you have looked into God's Word. You have seen the issues at hand in your own life and you've gotten gotten them corrected. You've allowed God to make an exchange. You've allowed God to take that, that sinful heart and change it. You've allowed God to take your unrighteousness and trade it for His righteousness. You've allowed God to take off that filthy robe and put on that robe of righteousness. That's what pure religion will do. That's what being a doer will do tonight. So, I ask you if you will tonight. You.